Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Yummy for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. Oh, nice to see you. We're in a different setting, Adam. Luckett. Different studio today. Yeah, a little bit different studio. We are at uh, Kentucky Sports Bar and Grill. The most happening place this side of the bluegrass. We got folks hanging out. We, we hung out today up in KS office. Cold KS office. Yeah, the uh, heater not really working. And, you know, we're football guys. I didn't <laughs> wear a jacket. Mm-hmm. Just just a flannel shirt. Uh, my wife called me Farmer Joe today. Um, and you've got just the, the quarter zip pullover. But it was still it was still a little brisk upstairs. It was. It was a cold meeting. But, but you know meeting. what? Nothing you can't uh, weather the storm through. It feels like this is uh it's been Saturday at Kroger Field weather for a long time. It has. It's been a mild winter. <laughs> Just rainy. We would have killed for this weather some of the Saturdays. This <laughs> I know, year. like eh. And it's been the wind bone run the damn ball weather right. too. Yeah. Just perfect ideal weather for that. Um Speaking of football, yeah, a little XFL this past we weekend. We did. All right. How much you watch? I regret that I only watched one game in total. And part of it is because they played on Saturdays. And great college basketball slate on Saturday. Right. It actually it looked kind of – you're like, God, these teams stink. But the games played really close. Mm-hmm. So I didn't watch any on Saturday. But Sunday, I made it through the first half before the Guardians – uh, blew out. Uh, it was the Tampa and Aaron Vipers. Mer- the Vipers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, coached by one DeSales alum, Chris Dishman. He's a secondary okay. coach. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Glanville. The double headset, Jerry Glanville. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not make his hair look good. No. No. Not not a great look for his hair. But uh, who's who am I to talk about another yeah. man's hair? Saturday, I watched most of. I believe it was DC Defenders versus Seattle Dragons. Well, Cardell Jones actually, and I liked how the DC because they're playing in uh, their MLS stadium, so it's like a twenty-five thousand seat stadium. Yeah, that feels yeah. perfect for that. And that was an up and down game, back and forth. You saw Cardell make some big throws. Cardell Jones, who's the DC Defenders quarterback. I, I think there was a couple of them that like like the some New York played in MetLife. If, yes, if they went to that soccer field, it would have been yeah, it'd have been a lot better. I yeah, think. the baseball stadium for Dallas, I thought worked well. Yes, it did. I like that. That was my second favorite setup. The first two games were 
you know, exciting. The Roughnecks, they play at Houston's football stadium, which only holds oh, like 40,000. Tedeki or whatever? TD, yeah, yeah TDECU or I just call it Tedeki. Yeah. Tedeki Matsui. And, and that looked nice. And you saw some more explosive plays the first two days. The second two days, A lot of so defense. Much. Right. <laughs> some slugfest. Hey, but you know what? There was some good hit. Like, mm-hmm. I thought in general. They had a couple quarterbacks out uh, because – and the say whoever Houston was playing the Roughnecks, their quarterback was out. Who are they playing? I can't remember who they played. Uh, <laughs> who did it? The Roughnecks play. Uh, it'll hit me in a second. But then the Dallas, of course, their quarterback. Seattle. Played. No, Seattle played DC. Right. So yeah. one I'm missing. Uh, LA is the one we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah it it's had, LA. It had yeah. to be now, the, the Wildcats. Wildcats. Yeah. The Wildcats quarterback Josh Johnson was out, and then Dallas's quarterback was out. Renegades. Yeah, didn't Andrew have Andrew Jones, Jones which. It's hard to run the air raid if but, you're using an underwear model as your quarterback. But you could see Jordan Tamu potentially being really good. Dude, that yeah, yeah. That's, oh, and a couple of the first downs he ran for. Right. Yeah, I just – I wanted them to, to roll out McGinnis on that, for like a 53-yarder on that first right. drive. Like, come on, let him rip. One thing I'll be interested to see is XFL. Are they just all in on being an NFL, like, development league? Or are they willing to get a little crazy and open things up like – Keenan Reynolds, who set up all, all these kinds of records at Navy, is playing receiver right now for the Seattle team. Mm-hmm. If things go bad, does he maybe move to quarterback? Yeah, and just <laughs> Qu- Quentin Flowers, who played quarterback at USF. Oh, is he playing receiver for him? He's on the Vipers. Uh huh. And they're using him as like a running back quarterback, like Wildcat quarterback, change of pace. And they put him in a little bit at the end when their offense was struggling, but it, they were really just running wing option or read option type stuff. Yeah. So they, they didn't even let him pass the ball. So, like, if they struggle, do they maybe just turn him over and let him run around and throw the ball? So screw I'll, it. I'll be interested to see whether they they stick to their guns and be just this typical you know, pretty much minor league for the NFL or if they try to, you know, just get more creative and get fun with it. Well, and that's what we'll find out in, like, a month. I think right. a lot of the, the well, poor play that we saw, it's first game, mm-hmm. so they, they don't have any film, they don't have any mm-hmm. tape out in there. There's a lot of the early kind of jitters. And I think they want to be in NFL developmental league, but at a certain point, like, coaches are just going to want to Well, you have to remember, in the NFL, how bad are the games the first couple of weeks usually? Oh, yeah, they're bad. And they're pretty same sloppy. Same thing, same thing, it's, it's every level of football. Mm-hmm. It's always sloppy at the beginning. But – the same thing happened with the AAF. I believe in the first three weeks, the under hit like 80%. And the unders went 3-1 and one the first week. Right, so we got to play unders. So we did, you we know, need to get under. on this under train before the <laughs> rest of the league starts to catch up. And once they once they get some hits and some games under their belt, it'll be good. But well, the stuff they do, it's, it's, a, it's a great broadcast. Watch oh, it. yeah. Good for TV. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, like – I don't feel bad if I take a nap during it either. Right. You know, so that that's that's a good plus. I uh, love the three-point conversion means you could be down as many as 17 points and still a two-possession game. game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one kid, one kid's using it as like a straight developmental league because he like flunked out of West Virginia. Uh, yeah. The linebacker for uh, – it was uh, – I think he's playing for the Renegades. It was in that game. Yeah, I think he's playing for the Renegades. Right. Uh, who he, he – like, He's like, this is basically his trial to get drafted. The commissioner, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad, I believe, has said that they're going to go after, like, high school players. Yeah, and why And offer them contract and see if they can get them to skip college or whatnot. Yeah, so I, I thought it was generally good football. I like the – do you like the kickoffs? Yeah, I did. I think the kickoff is – if there's one thing the NFL will pick up, it's that. Just because, A, safety, and, B – there can be still a lot of strategy that goes behind it, and you're not taking away jobs. That was the one thing that I hated about them just saying, we're just going to start at the 25. Is It's like, 
you know, there's a lot of people who make money being special teamers, and not only could, could this provide a different job, but also, like, the type of players that you would use. Like, you would almost have, like, a defensive lineman on, in the front two to just kind of take up space yeah. and then have more athletic guys on the outside. I think there's definitely going to be a void there for the first team that can figure out how to properly block that with maybe a trap block or a oh, somebody pull in or some type of misdirection. I think there, there definitely can be some potential big plays uh, that come from that. And also another Louisville shout-out, Mikkel McKay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, hit a couple nice catches. Former Moore Yeah, Mustang. Moore product. Yeah, played at Cincinnati and one other school. Went to Arkansas, then went to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, nice, nice little look. We got a little bit of Jeff Bidette, but like I said, the underwear motto was playing quarterback, so he didn't get – it was typical mummy, like <laughs> we're going to complete – 24 passes for 78 yards. Yeah, you know. right at 2.1 yards in attempt. <laughs> Man, how – I like that how he, he is not changing. He is who he is. Yeah, that's for damn you sure. Get, you get the towel. You get the hair falling. Mm-hmm. This see, did you see the June Jones one-cup Gatorade bath? No, I did not see a, it. A player just came and had a cup, just a cup of Gatorade, <laughs> gave him a bath as soon as they won. <laughs> I did see the uh, shotgun seltzers after the uh, Nick Fitzgerald, the Battlehawks. Wait, it was Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, he's not he's not starting, is no, he? No, he backs up. They have uh, he yeah. backs up a Tamu. I mean, that's got to show you Nick Fitzgerald. Little egg bowl robbery in the St. Louis Battlehawks <laughs> locker room. <laughs> you think they're doing any dog pissing <laughs> on each other? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. hey, Jordan Tamu though, he's one of those guys that like. It's kind of like the uh, the kid Logan Woodside, who's from Frank- Franklin County. He gets a Dewey in training camp at the Bengals, so he has to go play for the Houston team in the AAF, and then he ends up getting picked up, and he's a backup last year. Mm-hmm. I think you can see something like that with Tamu, where I, I, I don't really know what his original knock was, other than he played in kind of a – I mean, Ole Miss was a system set up for him to succeed. But I, I thought we thought he had a good – he had great wide receivers to throw to, too. Right. So maybe that helped some. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, he's one of those dudes who why, – why can't he be a backup in the NFL, you know? Yeah, why not? To see the development. And that's long-term, I think, probably going to be their, their ticket if they last. Is They have to do a good job between balancing entertainment and balancing success. And success for these players is they want to get to the NFL at the end of the day. Yes. And I do shout-out to, hey, the broadcast teams were great. Mm-hmm. Like they brought out some, some A-listers. And I, I love just Pat McAfee giving our boys some love throughout the entire time. The – the instant interviews with some of the players is pretty. And there's Nick Fitzgerald right there, shotgunning. <laughs> is is interesting. Coming off the field, interviewing what happened here, what happened there. And it's something different. It's something we don't see very often. And then the replay cam, it's AAF did the same thing. But it's it's good to see how their process with how they go about. Right. Well, because and especially like it doesn't seem like it's that long if you're hearing them just go over it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like you're just sitting there waiting along for dead air time. You're like, well, what's taking them long? We're just watching the replay. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's not a – there's not that going – not a lot of dumb things happening. Which, speaking of dumb things, Adam Luckett, people keep mentioning Mark Stoops as a candidate for the Michigan State job. Now, the Youngstown State job for Vince Merrill, that was that was a stretch. But, you know, if Vince wants to be a head coach, that's you could at least have some reasons to it. I have yet to find one good reason. Like, I can't even imagine one good reason why Mark Stoops would want to go to take the Michigan State job. Yeah, not in the current climate. And I think you're finding that the timing of this all and the situation is having a few people that 
don't really want to go to Michigan State. Oh, right yeah, because, A, you waited this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have your recruiting. Co- so, like, Luke Fickle, he signed a class that was better than Louisville's. Yep. Like, one of the best non – it was the best non-Power 5 uh, – Recruiting yeah. class this year, but one of the best ever. Yeah, Cincinnati's win total this year is going to be like 10, 10 and a half. Yeah. Like, so. so why leave that for if you're Luke Fickle who decided today, I'm not going to go to Michigan State. Yes, uh, I could recruit probably better players at Michigan State, but if I'm recruiting well, well now, like, why, they, do I, why do if, I want to go into that mess? If this happens two months ago, Fickle's probably at Michigan State right now. Yeah. It's just the timing of the whole situation. And the staff hires has already happened for everybody involved. Like, yeah. people that were going to leave, Fickle, staff, or Mel Tucker, who also turned him down, Colorado State coach. Guys who were going to maybe leave their staff or they've replaced. That's All that stuff's happened. So, you're Which kind of in a rock and a hard place when it's, it's going to be time to maybe hire or fire some of your staff members. Whoa. And money-wise, I bet Fickle – Fickle will talk to him, and I bet it, at the end of the day they, he probably said – <laughs> Excuse me. Need to take this interview. Just see what they have to offer, and then if the money wasn't good enough, right. they'll just go back, and something else will happen after I after you win 11, 12 well, games again. And that's why Michigan State. I don't know what, like maybe the cost benefit, maybe his buyout was a little bit more than their retention bonus, but from what you're going, the pool of candidates you're going to have to get. And for for the Kentucky sake, for you listening out there, who's like, man, why is Pete Thamel's mentioning Mark Stoops' name in the article? of Luke Fickle turning down. Well, I think it's just because he needs people to write about. Because <coughs> excuse me, what Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky, he'd be doing something similar at – like Michigan State's fairly comparable other than they broke through and got to that playoff in like, what, 2012? Or no, no, not that long ago. Like 16, 2015. 15. Damn, it's all over it. Um, but so they've had a little bit more success, but you're going back to the ground floor there. You're also part of his recruiting pitch in Ohio in that area that's made him successful is, hey, come play SEC football. Whereas, like, now he's just saying, all right, come play against Ohio State. And then th- thirdly, what, what in the – the stuff – they I mean, they can get hit by the NCAA and you're slapped with the postseason ban and scholarship limitations here in a couple of years. And the division is tough now when yeah. you look at it. You know, Michigan, it's got their act together now for the most part. Ohio State, it's a juggernaut. Penn State, Franklin's got him rolling. Penn State is Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers. Just roster wise, <laughs> Penn State's top ten in the country yearly now. It seems like yeah. You know, and Schiano, Indiana, he's got a pretty good team. Yeah, it's they're going a pretty good quarterback. And you're next playing year. nine Big Ten games. Maryland, uh, they're recruiting well. They're getting top end talent at least. So I mean, it's, it's just a tough spot they're in right now. And then you add the nine conference games, but really, the whole situation with it. All is the timing of this stinks, and it's really I think the only thing they, they're the smart play would probably be to just interim interim their defense coordinator Ooh. Mike Tressel, who's Jim Tressel's son. I know you're wrong, John L. Smith, John all-time Smith. interim coach. He's been there before. Mm-hmm. Who says he can't go home? Or, or you can do that. <laughs> you know, there was an alternate reality where Ed Orgeron, LSU, hires Tom Herman or someone else, and that's what Ed Orgeron would end up doing, just going different spaces. Just be interim places. coaches yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, we were so close. We almost had it. But we, so it's Trestle's kid. Mike, does he wear a vest too? I don't know. I hope so. you got to carry the tradition. Ooh, what if instead of on, his, like, on Mike Trestle's senior day, Jim presents him with a vest? <laughs> Instead of a jersey. 
See? At the, at the news conference? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Son, it's your turn. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because it seems like they're dead set on hiring a coach. And there's also this going around that I've seen reported from multiple people. Okay, their AD, uh, his name is blanking me at the moment. He's uh, um, straight – came from the academia world, had no experience, you know, in sports or anything like that. Pencil pusher. Right. So they've hired a firm. It's the same firm that uh, Florida State hired, that they hired Mike Norvell. And – Multiple people are reporting this that Tom Izzo is going to be involved in the coaching search, and not just to interview him, or not just to talk good about Michigan or talk well about Michigan State, to also be like he has to approve of the hire. <laughs> so what exactly are we doing here, Mark? Or so me, Tom Izzo's got he's in the middle of a basketball season, like the most important part of his schedule is happening right now. <laughs> and, and they he just lost three straight, and they're not even right. – they got kicked out of the top 25. And he is involved in this football search. That makes zero sense to me. So – Well, no, John Calipari, he could hire a head football coach. Yeah. Well, this why is don't, ridiculous. Why don't just give him the AD role and let him hire the coach? So, like, that to me tells me that that place is just – Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, the inmates are kind of running an asylum over there. <laughs> and – I, I don't know what they're – I think they, it could be end up being an out-of-the-box hire. Who knows? Oh, man. Okay, so what's let's think really out-of-the-box. Uh, what would be the most ridiculous hire? It would ha- Steve Mariucci. Him as well were tight. Get I think the they grew up, grew up together. Both Italian. That could work. I'm thinking more uh, – oh, the big name today, Brett Belima. Bielema, yeah. Bring Bielema back to the big. Yeah, I'm, da- I'm down with that. I, mean, See, he, I saw McIlwain as a name mentioned. I don't know if Power Five's made for McIlwain. Yeah, I think – yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think some of the same <laughs> stuff you know, will probably happen. Michigan State, if you got Tom Izzo trying to juggle all of what he's got going on, he might just say, screw it. This McIlwain guy, he's turned things around in places. He's had success. He just couldn't get a quarterback at Florida. Why not? Right. I like the cut of his jib. We'll go out fishing on Lake Michigan. We ain't got sharks, but, you know, it'll do just as fine. Yeah, um, I could definitely see that. It's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess. You, you know what else is pretty funny, too? Phil Fulmer and Jimmy Pruitt just keep hiring Kentucky coaches. They do. This is two years in a row with Pruitt that they've – their staff has kind of gotten gutted a little bit. Yeah. Now, last year was kind of by choice. Right. They kind of wanted Tyson Helton to leave. He, of course, took the WKU job. Yeah, bring, worked out well for him. Made Jim Chaney the highest-paid offensive coordinator at the time, I believe. Took him from Georgia. Went out and got Derek Ansley from the Raiders. They made Jeremy Pruitt give up defensive play-calling duties to Ansley and shifted around some of the other guys on his staff. Mm-hmm. And now you look this year, some of the guys that maybe were shifted around are leaving now. So the D-line coach. D-line coach Tracy Rocker goes then, to South Carolina because South Carolina's D-line coach just went to Penn State. And then uh, the Rumpf guy is going to Houston. Mm-hmm. The Texans, the not Texans. Uh, the Cougars. Um, and I, I, what was he, outside linebackers or linebackers coach or something? Yeah, it was Kevin Scherer, who I believe was our first defensive coordinator uh, with Pruitt and who they demoted last year or for this year. He's going somewhere. I cannot remember where exactly. So they're just doing a lot of juggling. Right. A lot of juggling. Which, you know what? Oh, my gosh, there's a naked man. You didn't see that? Oh, my that was God. XFL. Was, it, was that a streaker? That was, uh, I, think, I believe that was the Guardians-Vipers game. Or no, that, <laughs> either that one or the Dallas. It was one of the games yesterday. I'm sorry, folks, but when a naked man, he at least had on boxer shorts. It was just very distracting. Uh, 
Well, he was hopping as they were. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm laughs> very bizarre. It, you know what else I liked about the Renegades team? They came out with motorcycles on the field. It was uh, remember when Guy Morris did that? Very renegade move. Oh yeah, very renegade. But do you remember Guy Morris yeah. did that? And yeah. I think that was like a one of those games that was on tape delay too, back in like against like UTEP or something right. in like O two. Uh, where he comes riding his motorcycle out onto the field. If I remember correctly, I think when they came over on the buses, he was riding a bike in front. But that'd, I could I could be wrong on that. That'd be pretty badass if it I was. I think that's what it was, but I could be wrong. With thoughts and prayers to, to Guy Morris and his family. I don't I don't know if I Hell, it's one of those stories that, like, you don't really talk about much. It's kind of sad. But uh, Dick Gabriel did a story on him about a uh, – I guess it would be about a year ago this time where he is kind of early onset dementia. Right. And uh, it's it's enough to where, you know, some of the times he's cognizant. He can even talk – he can even elaborate on his spells where he just doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. goes lucid. But uh, thoughts of person, him, that disease sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sucks a lot. But Morris, one of those guys who uh, – I mean, that was a real bummer when he left back in the day. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But to circle back, I know uh, when Jimmy Brumball initially left Kentucky, it was a kind of a mutual parting of ways. Uh, he, he went to Maryland for two years, was on that DJ Durkin staff, him and Andy Boo. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of – Andy Boo just landed somewhere too, I believe. Andy Boo, he had, he had silver hair and very dark eyebrows. It was a weird contrast, a very bizarre <laughs> contrast. Salt um, and pepper. Yeah, yeah, but it was like all pepper and then all salt. You know, it was one of the two. Um, but they go to Maryland. Uh, Brumball, after that whole fiasco at Maryland happens and, you know, they have a player die and it's just a complete disaster, he ends up going to Mel Tucker's staff out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And now Ansley's calling back his boy. They were on the staff together at UK for three years. And now he's bringing Brumball – back, going to coach at Tennessee. Um, and you add in T. Martin, too, who was yeah. in the Stoops era, but still a former U.K. staffer. Yeah, so, three. And, and there's a grad assistant, I believe, that Colosimo, well, Michael Colosimo. Yeah, Colosimo, Colosimo who, he, who yeah. used to do tight ends and stuff, now a GA there. And they also got U.K. social media guy. They got a Bollinger brother. I know. A little St. X Tiger St. X guy, Which was funny, and because uh, Clay, uh, they're, they're both – really good or Cole's his younger brother Clay's older at Tennessee and Cole was working for UK so during the game this year Bollinger brothers were operating the social media accounts for each team which is pretty cool yeah you know like a couple of brothers doing behind the scenes work for him but now you got Brumball at Tennessee and frankly it's I'm, I'm excited to have Charmin's boys just whip their ass a little bit that'd be fun to watch yeah in Tennessee I'm interested in seeing that because We've got Phil Fulmer out here talking this mad stuff about them being back, but at the same time they've got this staff shuffle going on. So, so is, you think you think Fulmer's going to be eating some ass? How about that? Is man? that is that what it means to go eat ass? You just take a bunch of UK former assistant coaches. Is that what they're doing? That was straight out of 1992. That's something somebody would say. <laughs> 1992. Oh. Get ready for the third Saturday in October to go play. Mike Dubose's Alabama team. Hey, you know what, though? Here, here's my favorite thing, though, Luckett, is when you gas up these recruiting classes and you gas up the rankings and the hype, and the, you're only setting yourself up for go big or go home. And you know what? If history serves us correctly, Tennessee's done a lot of going home as of late. This yeah. is the same team that lost to Georgia State last year and lost to BYU. We heard this 
four years ago during the Butch Jones era. God, and that team failed disastrously. And you know, he had some pros on that team. They had some bona fide studs. Absolutely. Derek Barnett. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Josh Dobbs is still backing up uh, at, for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurd, he was a draft pick. Did he? He was a rookie this year. I, I bet he, he's probably hanging around. Yeah. He's probably hanging around. But, I mean, how, I mean Barnett, Barnett's badass for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep talking your smack, Tennessee. Talk that talk. Uh, you know, prove it to me. Yeah, Prove exactly. it to me. They go to Oklahoma in week two. Oh, that'll end well. So we'll, we'll find we'll find out pretty soon. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I'd be talking mad game too if I didn't have a quarterback. What a bunch of idiots! Yeah, From Tennessee. They are they're this whole, but we need to get ready for this. This whole off season, they are they're going to be very chesty. And when it comes to when the talk se- talking season gets a little deeper into the summer, you're going to get SEC East Dark Horse Tennessee. Going to have to hear about how Jared Garantano is better than. He really is. And then like, yeah, but if he doesn't work and out, they're going to be—they're going to be a too. preseason top twenty-five team. God, it's going to be—you know what? I just can't wait to because there's the the classic line is it's easy to bite somebody else's ass if you're lying on your back, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be lying on their backs, getting mowed over. It's going to be hilarious. Like Oklahoma's going to, ooh, at worst Tennessee's even going to hold them to twenty-eight. They're going to have Well, ball. they're going to score more than that. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, on their best day, they're holding Oklahoma to 28 points. In Tennessee, whoever they got, they ain't going to have people scoring 28 points. And, by the way, Marquez Callaway's the only he, – is he, he, He's gone. He's gone. So is uh, Juwan Jennings. Yeah. So, oh, uh, that running back, Chandler. Oh, that's scary. Well, mm. the thing with Tennessee next year is this offensive line talent that they have – it's going to be the thing we hear about. And then a defense that was pretty good, but it's important to remember three best players off that defense last year. Nigel Warrior, Daniel Petulli. And Darrell Taylor. All gone. Are, are, are all going to be in the NFL Combine here in a couple weeks. Yeah. So they're having to retool a little bit. Now he's had two good recruiting classes in a row, and they closed pretty pretty strong. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, they're just – I'm surprised by the amount of smack talk coming out of there. I really am. Well, and you mentioned combine, and I just – I was producing on the fly. We should do the podcast from the combine on Limboden Day. In the media room? Yeah, because that's going to be a big day. And and we'll get to like – so when they do the, his interviews, they're going to be doing quarterbacks too and tight – so it's quarterbacks, wide house, tight heads. So Joe Burrow, he'll just be there for interviews. Uh, with uh, with a thousand people around him at all oh times. Oh man, it was hilarious. Like last year when I saw Kyler Murray, I was like, I want to shove him in a locker. Yeah, he's, he's little. He's, he's tiny. Right. He's so tiny. Um, and that was a circus around him. So we'll get all the circus. Ooh, maybe we can see how big Bryce Love's hands are. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That'll Jordan be cool. Love. Jordan Love. Bryce Love. Bryce Love. Stanford, Stanford running back. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when they get past the Rocky Mountains, do they really matter if they're football players? All the loves are the same after that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all brothers and sisters. Um, but so yeah, that that'll be fun. That's coming up here in two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, NFL combat. Bowden and Stenberg uh, obviously got invited, and Stenberg's gonna be getting second, third round hype, no matter what, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Where if you're really bullish on him, it'll be up in the second round, late third round, early fourth. Yeah, at third the worst. fourth, I think, where he'll be. Yeah, I kind of think Bowden the same way. Maybe somebody will pull the trigger in the second, which is like. Uh, we've talked about if somebody falls in love. But just him being there, 
I, what's going to be fun is listening to the other folks interview him. Like, you get all these NFL draft people who, like, like last year somebody was from the Jets was fixated on Benny Snell being related to Matt Snell. And so yeah. they just kept asking about it. So I'm interested to see what either connections they get out of it. So, like, Lonnie Johnson's cousin, Deontay Johnson, was also a rookie. Toledo. For the, yeah, from Toledo, went to the Steelers and crushed it this year. Right. Um, that was a great st- – dude, the Steelers are great. They always get get receivers. They are man. great at finding receivers in late rounds. Um, but there will be something with Bowden. I'm interested in what the other people have to say besides just, like, so you're going to play quarterback in the NFL? You know, like, besides those kind of uh, jesty remarks. But uh, – that's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, spring football is coming up in a couple weeks. We're also getting to talk to the early enrollees here later on this week. That's why, honestly, that's why we couldn't do the podcast. We've got so much happening uh, this week with uh, all the mid-year guys um, who we're getting to talk to. And one of those is uh, not Jeremy Flax. It is not. Yeah. It was supposed to be. Yeah. We All signs pointed to him. And rolling early. But yeah, and it, something happened, and he's gonna have to wait until the summer, get on campus. Real bummer. Which thinks because, as I've mentioned, I thought he had a chance to really step in that open guard spot and be a starter for Kentucky this year. With him arriving later now, I think that's yeah, less likely. That's tough. That, then now you're at the point where well, it's big opportunity for Kenneth Orsi, Quentin Wilson, Austin Dotson. Yeah, I think those are the guys probably competing for that spot. And it'll probably be the case where whoever doesn't get in that first two is in the transfer portal out there in spring practice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think for with Wilson, it's important. That he is a center, so they'd be sliding him over because he's in right, line to right. start for – for After uh, Drake. Drake right. yeah. but I mean, Maybe Eli Cox can get in there too, redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's kind of a – we'll wait and see. And uh, it's, it's most disappointing because when you get the JUCOs in, the big benefit is that, you know, 90% of them can come in the spring. Yeah, you know, well, like, just the adjustment period, it gets it out of the way for the spring, so when it fall ball runs around, they're just ready to roll. Yeah, and, like, you get your – like, Wani Johnson. They know how to practice, yeah. what they do in practice, what kind of drills they're going to do. How to that. eat. Right. Like, Wani Johnson talking about how much he puked his first week here because he would, he would kind of, like, gorge himself because he wasn't used to having all this food to be able to eat. Right. And then he wasn't used to the, the workload capacity they needed um, during mm-hmm. the week. So, that, that, that's a real bummer. Um. So and he's he's only got two, right? No, he's got three. I'm pretty he, sure he's got three. Yeah. Okay. I believe he'll be a redshirt sophomore. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Three years of eligibility. Got it right there. Boom. Okay. So at least that's one positive sign. And you know, this year Watkins had a lot of play last year. Who, who, just because Flax shows up late doesn't mean he can't play a lot as a reserve second tackle. Right. If that's what they come mm-hmm. in to play in that. Um. But what I'm most – dude, we get to talk to Joey Gatewood. Have you seen how freaking huge that dude is? Yeah, I saw Instagram posts, I believe, with him and Terry Wilson and Sc- <laughs> and uh, Sawyer Smith. Man, poor Sawyer. Dude, you got to – that's not a good visual. Not, he's not small either. <laughs> that's what I mean, though. He's like a big dude, and he's next to Terry and Joey, and it's like – Well, to me, that picture, Terry's not small. Terry's dude, a big guy. Gatewood makes him look tiny, though. Like, yeah. especially in the in the yeah. chest, upper body region. Yeah. But I, I know how big Gatewood is. That's what I'm saying. It's seeing Terry that he's kind of in. They're comparable. Yes. That, that surprised me of that picture. I'm also just interested to hear from Gatewood. Like, because have you ever heard him do an interview? No. Yeah, like even Drennan, who we didn't hear from at all, the day after we did our podcast, he came on KSR, 
He's done a couple other interviews since, but like you got a little more personality after. You know, he's like talking about he can't wait till everybody's wearing donuts, and you know he. He's like, I, you know, I'm not a Limbo. I'm more of an Alvin Kamara type. We're like, oh, hell yeah, sign me up for that. So that's part of it. I'm pumped to hear yeah. from Gatewood. Yeah, he wants to play running back. I think that's what that statement was. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. But be a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. A lot of cooks in that kitchen. But, hey, you know what? If you got to run them on jet sweeps, you got to run them on jet sweeps. Right. Yeah. I think I think he'll take it, you know, whatever touches he can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so there was one person. We were going through the, these lists of interviews, okay? There's no Jeremy Flax, but there was still 12. And I think that's what I skimmed over is it's like, well, there's still these people in the class. So Derek Jackson, Khalil Branham, uh, Tower Malin? Tower Malin. You know, I've so he's going same day as Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen? <laughs> yes, he's going same day as Joey. Well, really all those guys, man. You Anelli will get a good traffic, so will Branham. But Derek Jackson and Malin, I don't think many people are going to want to talk to them. They, they, they'd be left, ones left out. Well, here, let's let's learn a little bit about Tyler Malin, shall we? Because I literally have never never seen this kid's name before. Mm-hmm. And the, th- the thing about it is there's a lot of there's a lot of walk-ons who we understand the significance of the walk-on program, but you can't, ga- you can't gas them all up. You can't hype up all of them. Uh, like Graham Wall, kicker. That's coming on. Who knows if he'll ever kick a ball for UK, but it's important to get a local kid who's got a leg around in case something bad happens. You had Miles Butler be a kicker for a year. So you, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, and that kicking job's wide open too. Yeah. So, but in, in this case, I, I have never heard his name before in my life. And now he's going to be interviewed. Westlake, Ohio, suburb of Cleveland. Okay, that was what I was looking at. I didn't know if it was Columbus or Cincinnati, one that I heard of. Suburb of Cleveland. Okay, so Tyler Malin, inside linebacker, 6'1", 210. Not ideal measurables for an inside linebacker, but, you know, not a bad start. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll probably put on 10, 15 pounds his first year. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, here's, here's good news. He's ranked. He got ranked by rivals. Mm-hmm. A top 100 prospect in the state of Ohio. Okay. It's pretty good. Uh, he played football at three different high schools in four years. Maybe that's why he didn't get more major looks. Yeah, that could be it. That, that actually is probably why. Um, he was playing in Prosper, Texas. Wait, what, what is that? He earned a spot on the freshman team? That was in 2016. At Prosper, Texas. So, wait, he got a spot on the freshman team. You mean he got a spot on varsity as a freshman? I don't know. Is it, is it that hard to get on uh, a freshman team? I thought everybody just played. I didn't think they cut people on freshman teams. They might not in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. All right, you make a – man, that's a weird second line to lead off your bow. Which, by the way, this is the bow that's in U.K. So, yeah. this is this is the PR. Do uh, we have – I want to know some inside info on how they put these together. Do they have a sheet that the kids have to fill out and then somebody writes it from that? Or is it stuff they have found? Well, I know some of it is the same way we find stuff, or we right. look it up on the internet. I know that's some of it. Yeah, but they have some hidden gems in here sometimes that we don't have access to. Yes, yes. Um, like one thing, I know we're going to get to it eventually in here, but he also w- had the choice to play college tennis because a quick Google. Hmm. Yeah. You don't see many tennis football combo <laughs> yeah. athletes. Yeah, it was like, do I want to play tennis or football? All right, I love football as much as any. I just I do tennis. My back right now, the way that it's I, I played two basketball games last night and my back right now is killing me thanks to football. I would I would have chosen tennis just for 
long-term health benefits. But you know what? Choose your own adventure tower, man. We're glad you're rocking Kentucky blue. Um, so he moved to Louisiana. And then from Louisiana, after he gets a varsity letter, he goes to Ohio. And he played both ways. Well, tight end linebacker combo. As me, except I was the tight end defense. <laughs> so this is Nick Roush at the Kentucky game. Yes, this is this is he had a hundred oh shit, that's a that's a good stat line. Hundred thirty six tackles, fourteen for loss, eight sacks, three forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries as a senior. That's productive. a good stat line, yeah. It's productive. It's a one man wrecking crew. Uh all, all Southwest Conference, second team. Back to back defensive player of the year at his school. He had ninety four the year before as a tackle. So hey, that's pretty good. And he won their conference cha- championship on the tennis court. That's the jack of all trades right there. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Well, the, the tennis thing tells me that he's probably got pretty good uh, agility, you know, short short area quickness. Quick uh, uh, change of direction? Yes, quick change of direction, which on a, at a linebacker, that's a good skill to have. Ooh, you know what's also a good skill to have? Your that. dad is the director of college scouting for the Cleveland Browns. So that would explain why he's moved around so much. <laughs> yeah, that would explain that. And it also explains – Knows Vince Marrow. They're like, hey, my boy's and pretty good. They, well, read the list of schools. Yeah. Um, uh, Colorado, Kent State, Ohio State, Maryland, and Michigan. That would explain also why he had plenty of chances to go different places. Yes, yes. But you know what? This kid could turn out to be a baller. He could. Uh, walk-ons are huge because they can help fill holes in your roster. Especially like, like Drew Schlegel. Perfect example of a guy about that guy right behind you. No, keep turning. Uh, Keep turning behind. Oh, Charles Walker. Yeah. But so, like, this guy like Malin, he can come in, he can play special teams for a little while, and then somebody gets hurt. So, like, linebackers always get hurt during spring practice. He might be a spring practice superstar here in two years. And then come in and get some some significant snaps. So, there's plenty of opportunity. I know we were kind of being in jest right there, poking fun for a little while. But – I mean, no. Any program, man, you need walk-ons that are going to help somehow. Clemson had a walk, a no-star walk-on that was playing big snaps in their secondary this year in the yeah, college football playoffs. And was it Hunter Renfro one? Yeah, and Hunter Renfro was another walk-on. Yeah, so national championship yeah, winner. So, so he, Tyler Malin going to scoop so and score you, touchdown for need, Kentucky need, national championship. You need guys like that, and if you can find them, uh, they can be big pieces to help you with some of your recruiting misses. To be quite honest. Yeah. Most certainly. But speaking of recruiting misses, I kind of hated to see South Carolina not miss on Jordan Birch. I that really, was wild, wasn't I it? really wanted that NLI to stay out for a little bit longer. <laughs> Can you imagine football or Mustang in that facility pacing oh, back and God, forth? Oh God, that's hilarious. Before we leave here, I want you to read just out loud Juton McLean's high school stats. Oh, they're pretty from fun. his last two years. Okay. Like, um, this is big-time production Kentucky's adding in that running back room. All right. These, these are fun numbers. Okay. In three seasons at Fairfield, he rushed for 4,406 yards, 53 touchdowns. He also got had 680 receiving yards and seven scores. Mm-hmm. As a senior, and this is in ten games because they lost. Right. When he got, he got hurt in the game against Coleraine, couldn't play the second half. So in nine and a half games, he had 1,947 yards and 21 touchdowns. He was essentially a carry a game away from averaging 200 yards a game. <laughs> that and is 1,700 yards in, in junior in, year. And this is in the biggest class of football mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Yeah. The Big m- time football. Like he, he's a guy that we need to have our eyes on because 
he might be a talent where you just can't keep him redshirting. He might just be that good. Man. Because he, one thing with McLean, he's got that kind of home run burst that you want, mm-hmm. but he also has patience as a runner in letting his block set up that a lot of backs his age just don't have. Well, and uh, what I – would I'm interested? So there was one person that texted into our radio show that asked, "Is Kentucky ever going to get some five-star running back?" And I was like, "You know, five-star running backs aren't what you think they are. Like, Jatan McLean is just like the can't-miss running back prospect. There's like maybe one a year, right? Like, it, I, I feel like that's a position where there's a lot of great dudes, and there's rarely just like yeah. one one dude that's running back and offensive line just as much as any." you see as many three-stars turn into first-round draft picks almost as much as, you know, the camp misses. Yeah. Travis Etienne was a three-star. He was, you know, now he's one of the best backs in the country. Chuba Hubbard was a three-star. But also J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, five-star. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, three-star for Wisconsin. But then you also had, let's think here. Um, Derrick Henry, five-star. Derrick Henry, five-star. Yeah. Najee Harris, five-star. Yeah. So, Damian Harris, yeah, four and a half stars. So you, you know? can you can find you can find stars everywhere, and then in the NFL, we even see it. Then, man, there's running backs that just come out of nowhere, end up being end up being good in the NFL. Well, and even to to further the point, just I think I, I trust Eddie Graham to find the right guys. They uh, got a whole position room full of them right now. Yeah, it's a plethora of it's it's a plethora of that's going to be a heated battle in camp. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. Spring football will be here. We're gonna, we're gonna get an official announcement on that spring game eventually. But uh, I did look at the calendar. We're one month away from when they've started spring practice every year under Stoops. Still don't have the other assistant either. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get some Mike Stoops action last week. It hasn't happened yet. I was wondering if they were maybe saving it for this week and just gonna have him available at one of your alls. Think media yeah. ops. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out with us today, folks. It's a little quicker than normal. Not as much happening this week. We don't have a signing day to, to cover. And we hope you enjoyed us freaking out last week to the Michael Jordan announcement. I think in hindsight <laughs> it would be kind of funny just to like these dudes over here, like especially me freaking out. At, it was a the, unique announcement. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. A unique announcement. Oh, uh, my name Donut. Just. Uh, oh, I'm hungry for a donut. I might just have a Dunkin' on the way home. A little snack. Can you go to Dunkin' without getting a coffee? No, no. I'd go there for the coffee. Right. And then I'll get like a donut. It's like, you know, it's a little snack. Coffee's good. It's hard not to get a coffee while you're in there. See, I Dunkin' is my – it's one of those things that I'm disappointed there aren't more in Louisville. There's only like three. Yeah. One of them – There's two. Only two that I know of. It's uh, Bardstown Road. and then That's the third Fern, one. There's a Fern Valley one. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Middletown. Yeah. It, and it's not like the most convenient to like. Nope. So – I end up going to the local coffee shop, so it makes me – it's like I'm a hipster at the same time. <laughs> I see I've got my flannel hat, my, my trucker's hat on. I'm basically a hipster, <laughs> as is. As is. So, well, this will do it for this week's edition of Love and Personnel. We're going to go fight some traffic in the rain. Oh, God, we, we're in Lexington traffic today. Yeah, oh. yeah it's a whole different beast. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you a back road socket. Yeah, I'm going to need, I'm gonna need something. We'll get out of here without a problem. Well, thanks to you all for listening. It's been uh, we we've kept this thing rolling for uh, the kind of the doldrums, and it's about to crank back up here shortly. We have what is this our thirtieth episode? 
something like that. 28. 28. Yeah. We're getting to 30. Getting you're, close you're, to 30. You're getting inching up there. Well, there haven't been 52 weeks yet. So. I know. We still got to win. Goes there. fast. Goes fast and goes slow at the same time. Oh, man. I'm going to be a dad here in like a couple weeks. So, folks, if you. If y'all want some some weird content, wait until I start just <laughs> blogging stuff in the middle of the night. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. But until then, thank you all so much for listening. We'll have more football content coming to you before you know it. Till then, go cats, go Kroger.